Hey guys, it's your girl Booney, and you're listening to episode 89 of the Booney Breakdown Podcast. The podcast that we sometimes cry, we always laugh, we might get a bit ratchet, but we're forever going to break it down. Your source for all things responsible and ratchet. All right, guys, we're here for another week of the Booney Breakdown Podcast. I'm really excited about my guest today, and um, I'm about to share a clip, but I had to set it up first because you wouldn't have gotten what it's from. So this clip you're about to hear is from the Boonie Breakdown Live that happened back in November of 2018, and this was one of the audience members, okay? And this is who our guest is going to be, but I want to give you some context and flavor. And you know, the best way to get her flavor is to hear it from her. She was an audience member, and... uh, so this little clip is why she was invited uh, to be a guest on the Boonie Breakdown podcast, okay? As an audience member, this was a true standout moment of the Boonie Breakdown Live Responsible and Ratchet Edition that happened November 2018. I do want to make a note uh, that the sound from this audio clip is not 100%. It's not the best, okay? Uh, but you will get the flavor of our episode guest this week. Enjoy question yes um but it is a comment it goes to the whole conversation that we were having about why women fake and why you know how many speak partners people have sex with and the enemy piece the reality of it is women do a lot of faking because we're taught that we're here for men's pleasure that is the original story that most of us received which was adam came and eve came as his helpmate now, if that, if, that is your, um, if that is your religious belief, that's fine. However, comma, but. However, comma, but. The mere fact, the mere fact that women have 8,000 um, nerve endings in their clitoris and men have 3,000 nerve endings in, in the head of their penis means to me that women should be enjoying sex. So, if, come on with the right word. If, in fact, you are a woman and you are having sex, and you are not enjoying yourself. You are fucking up. Please do not let any religious dogma or any other sort of dogma keep you from achieving orgasm and getting what you want. And if that means you have to tell your partner, bruh, because the truth is, I fuck a lot. I love your honesty, thank you. Right. And I'm going to tell you that as much as I love black men, most brothers can't fuck. Well, damn. 
did you hear the sermon that she blessed our lives with, okay, at the Booney Breakdown Live back in November 2018. I said in that clip I was going to email her to be on an episode. I did such, we recorded it. Uh, it was fucking amazing. Everyone loved what she had to say at the show. Uh, we went more uh, in detail in this conversation today um, about some of the stuff she said in her sermon, faking orgasm, big dicks, the over-sexualization of black women. Uh, we go into the whole ticking time bomb thing. I mean, this conversation is fucking amazing. It's dynamic. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but first, I want to hop right into Boonie's Pick of the Week. So, you know, it's kind of exasperating sometimes to talk about the Kardashian clan um, because they really just bother me so much. <laughs> um but this week, my pick of the week is Jada Pinkett Smith and even Will Smith because they, in this whole Jordan Woods, Tristan, Chloe fiasco, J- Will and Jada stepped up in a way and so showed how you hold down and support a black woman, okay? They, this was the first time in a while that we have not seen the Kardashian clan win in one of these crazy press fiascos, right? They took a big L on this one. And it was partially because of Jada and Will, especially Jada, using her platform of Red Table Talk to allow Jordan to get in front of the story, put her word out there first, expose her truth, stand in her truth, but also being supported by Will and Jada. And... It was just like they told Chris and them, what you're not going to do <laughs> is come for baby girl Jordan. And then I loved this week watching all the black girls, everybody on black Twitter just rallied behind her and said enough is a fuck enough. And this is it. Right. But it was just really nice to see um, Jada giving Jordan kind of the space to heal and grow, but take accountability for what was done. But also say, nah, 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 nah. That Kardashian press machine wasn't going to run over our baby girl. And so this week, it is uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. If you have not watched the Red Table Talk, you know, go watch it. I don't watch every episode. I usually just watch the ones where the topic is interesting to me. This one I just had to watch because it was everywhere. The memes were fucking funny. But Jada did an excellent job with this. Let's get into housekeeping. Um feedback from last week's episode episode 88 with myself uh we were still celebrating the boonie breakdown turning two. thank everyone for all the congratulatory messages uh i appreciated um so many of you who were receptive and appreciative of old girl getting a little emotional dropping a few tears (laughs) um but it was a good episode it was a little cathartic um like i said i did not mean to get emotional but you know shit happens this my shit and i kept my tears in there but i did take a little break on there so thank you for the feedback also you know for turning two, i was requesting some reviews of the podcast uh you can leave reviews definitely in the apple podcast app and if you do not have any apple devices you can go over to facebook.com okay and that is a great way to uh leave a review so i want to shout out sabrina renee for leaving a five-star review over on our facebook page uh the review says i'm so enjoy listening to the podcast i'm always guaranteed a good time i can laugh cry and learn something new the best thing you can do is get into the boonie breakdown and hit the motherfucking five stars so thank you uh sabrina renee for this five star review again i would love it if you could leave a review either on our facebook page over at facebook.com backslash the boonie breakdown or over an apple podcast uh you can just search the boonie breakdown and hit those five stars leave a review there as well also please don't forget to follow us on social media uh you can follow us like i said facebook at the boonie breakdown instagram the boonie breakdown over at twitter it is just boonie breakdown and when sharing this episode make sure you use the hashtag the boonie breakdown the hashtag pod in p-o-d I and you can leave it across all social media platforms. If your page is open, I will be sure 
to respond, to share it. I love it when you guys do it um, because it helps me spread the word as I always say. And last but not least, um, we still have a coupon code running over on the booniebreakdown.com. It is to receive uh, 20% off all orders of uh, $20 or more. I'm going to say the code properly this time. I had some difficulty last week. I don't know what it was, the emotions or something over there. But if you just use the discount code two, okay, spell it out. T-W-O, it runs in through March 9th, okay, for 20% off. And it even works on a ratchet box of love if you still want one of those. So that is it for me, guys. I know this was kind of a long opening with the clip and all. But uh, let's get ready to get into this delicious episode. So let's get ready to break it down. All right, guys, it's your girl, Booney, and I'm here uh, with a special guest. And if you came to the last Booney Breakdown live show, Responsible and Ratchet Edition, you heard a sermon from this woman. She shut it down. You just heard a clip if you weren't there. Just played the clip. That's what you listened to. So I would like to welcome Nika Namdi to the Booney Breakdown. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, y'all? So I'm a woman of my word. In the clip, I told her I was going to email her to be on an episode because she came in there, dropped an atom bomb, and then sat back there. <laughs> like, she really had people in there preaching. I don't know, you could probably hear some of the chatter in the background in the clip, but she really just sparked the fuse at the live show. So thank you, sister. You are welcome. Anytime, anytime. It was anytime. so many truths. We're going to dive into some of that right now. Okay. I hope you're ready. I'm ready. I'm always, <laughs> I stay ready. I was born ready. Let's go. <laughs> so I thought one of the key points that you mentioned, and especially with some of the news going around. So by the time you hear this, we recorded this a few weeks prior to before you guys are listening to this, but you mentioned sisters are walking around as ticking motherfucking time bombs, I think you said. Yeah. Because we aren't receiving pleasure in the way that we should. Correct. I need you to elaborate on that because I, that was my biggest takeaway from that. Okay. So in context of, so it's two pieces. In context of what we were discussing in the show, we were really talking about intimacy needs. Mm-hmm. And... At the show, we were talking about sexual. We were talking about sexual intimacy, and it is my um, thought, and based on the things that I've heard women share, that we are not having pleasurable sex. And by we, I'm specifically in this, you know, in this conversation focusing on Black women. Um, we are not having pleasurable sex. We are also not having, not understanding intimacy, non-sexual intimacy. And not having those non-sexual intimacy needs met. So if you are, one, not having sex for whatever your reasons are, or are having sex and are still not having your meet, your um, physical intimacy needs met, and then you are also not having your non, non-physical non or non-sexual um, intimacy needs met, you are walking around as a ticking time bomb. Yeah, because when you sat down, I'm like, damn. That's, that hit the nose on the head. You around here, you faking at work because you got code switched and you got come home, be a mama to your kids if you got kids or you're a caretaker to some elderly folk or your mama, whoever you're taking care of. And the one place you think you should be getting your knocks, your rocks knocked off in the bed. Not getting that either. Your man, woman, partner, whoever mm-hmm. can't even please you right. And I think that's part of the reason why this stereotype about the angry black woman mm. Um. It is comes into play is because we are caregiving all around the board, right? Um, we are succeeding all around the board in, you know, I'm air quoting. Uh, we are, you know, the most educated. We start businesses left and right while caretaking our children, our elders, our community, our church, um, sororities, sororities this, that, and other, um, while trying to, you know, be in partnership healthy partnership with with black men or or whomever um meanwhile 
we're not caring for ourselves. We're not getting the care that we need for ourselves. And so that does, after a while, will make you angry. It will. And I, I know people joke and laugh when I say it. And I'll, I promote masturbation a lot. <laughs> yeah, like you should know how to please yourself, one. So you can tell someone, nope, that's not it. Go to the left, right, whatever you need them to do mm-hmm. to make you have an orgasm. But that is a, a moment of self-care, especially if you're someone who is not involved in a partnership at the moment. Right. Or you're not out here having a whole season, right? It, it might just be oh, you for the moment. Right. So you need to figure out how to release that tension on your own. Right. Absolutely. And, and I just, I'm amazed also. And when I say these things or when I post something on Instagram about masturbation or use a Hitachi magic wand, shout out to the sponsor, um, that people like, like, I've never masturbated. Like, what? Well, I mean, think about it. Go, going back to the context of the conversation at your, at the Boone Breakdown, we have been taught that we are not supposed to, um, I was at a conference um, called Sex Down South. Um, actually, Vanessa. Oh, I was, heard about that. Yeah, Vanessa was presenting um, from Vagistine was um, presenting there, and one of the things she talked about is the number of um, black women who have never looked at their act, their own <gasps> vagina. I didn't even think about that. So you know, masturbating is one level, right? Just looking <laughs> but, at yourself. But we wow. don't even look at ourselves so that's dangerous because then if there changes how do you know how do you know if you don't know what it looks like yeah. um, but that all of that stuff not looking at it not touching it not tasting it because that can tell you a lot about your your health it can tell you a lot about your hormone whatever the hell right mm-hmm. um all goes to me to this idea that our lady parts or our vagina or our you know yoni or whatever you call not pussy is um Something wrong with it. It's to be covered up. It's not it's not for us. Yeah. Like the whole dynamic or the whole narrative that we've been taught is that it is not for us. us. It is for it is specifically created for one to pleasure men, but second for procreation. Creation, yeah. Both of those things are things that are not. And even us. think I'm gonna take it a step further. Even when, a, as a young woman, when you get your period, mm-hmm. most black mothers will not let you use a tampon, right? And so I had a big fear of tampons. And it wasn't even, I can't even recall my mm-hmm. mom saying, like, you can't. Mm-hmm. But it was automatically like, girl, take this Kotex. Mm-hmm. Put this pad in your panties <laughs> and call it a day. Right. And then I'm going to school with a predominantly white school. And girls in the seventh grade throwing tampons across the room at the same age, like, they're comfortable with insertion and... Right. So they, they develop a comfortable place with their vagina faster than I did. Right. First time I used a condom, I mean a condom, a tampon, while into college. Right. That's part, partly because they, the, they the, don't have, they don't, white white women specifically or white girls specifically do not have the double burden of being woman and black. black yes they only have the burden of 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 womanhood and in the, in the context of white society they 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 mm-hmm. got some problems too but they aren't hypersexed they're not hypersexualized yeah, because- in the way we in the way we are at the same time having also gone to a predominantly white middle school and high school for the first two years i can tell you that white girls were exploring their sexuality way earlier way earlier and way broader yes. and without any fear of not then being labeled fast, labeled fast or not being marriageable yes. because there is, you know, there doesn't seem to be the same. You can't turn a hoe into a housewife at in all. the white community at as, all. It, as exists in our community. Because again, they don't have the burden of both being black and being woman. And you know, one thing I, I culturally black people do is we take uh, the wider society's rules and we ratchet them up all the way and then <laughs> apply them um, to ourselves. So this whole narrative like black women have to be ladylike. Well, first of all, being ladylike is not even our cultural dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing women as weak and frail and all of that is not it's an not African. Yeah. It's not an African cultural um dynamic at all so i don't even know why we would be wanting to mim- mimic that but because of that we we don't 
we don't touch ourselves. We don't look at ourselves. We don't explore our sexuality because we don't, don't want to be viewed as a hoe. Because one, it it demeans the whole race. Everybody hold it. Everybody hold it. And that's the crazy thing. Like, I'm literally just using a tampon. But because I was doing something to insert, then it's like, you loose. What you doing with a comp? Like... Well, Why you got a tampon? To, yeah, you know. That goes to the whole conversation about your, you know, virginity. Have it, the virtuousness of it. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's just like, I just don't, I want to go swimming on my period. Shit. Like, right. I, it's not that deep. Right. And I think about all those times where it's like, damn, I couldn't even do basic life functions or have fun because this notion in my mind, well, if my mother see me with a tampon, my grandmother see me with a tampon, and they're going to think I'm having sex and I'm not having sex. And, so and then I gotta go through all of that. And then yeah, I gotta it's go like, through that. Why you gotta deal with all that? So it's like I'm just gonna keep on wearing these these cotex. <laughs> Big ass bulky cotex that are uncomfortable as Uncomfortable now. and just sitting in your underwear. And I, it's just something as little as that. And I just remember all the time in high school and middle school. They used to laugh, and it's, it wasn't even, I don't think they, they were doing, but it was just like, they would joke us black girls, because we were the only ones who had pads. Mm-hmm. We literally had to, like, campaign at the nurse's office for the nurse to carry pads, because they only had tampons. <laughs> Interesting. And it was just like that, something as simple as that was a cultural thing. Right. And it's it, like, it we, we can't is. wear tampons. It very much, it very much because is. Because we gonna get, we gonna get labeled fast, and I hope. <laughs> behind, behind some cotton. Behind cotton. Behind tampon over your monthly bodily function. I mean, it is... When I look back at that, it is absurd. And then, the whole notion, too, it was like, that was the first time I ever heard about giving head. It was in seventh grade at lunch. Oh, I bet. And <laughs> I didn't want to seem like I wasn't cool. So, so I'm just cool. letting them talk. Like, yeah, yeah, she gave him head. I'm like, what the fuck they talking about? <laughs> no idea. At the party, she gave someone Billy Bob head, and she probably married. And because now. oh, I'm, oh, she has three kids, mm-hmm. married three kids, mm-hmm. rich husband's fine. Okay. Um, but I laugh at that, but not. I do appreciate my mom being a little bit more open mm-hmm. in the sense. So I came home not knowing what it was, not knowing there was something wrong, and I'm saying air quotes, and I'm like, Mom, what's a blowjob? <laughs> No. She damn near crashed on 83, but she answered my question and she didn't put this connotation that is disgusting or whatever. She was like, well, this is what it this is. This is what it is. And, you know, I hope that, you know, when the time is right for you and, and a, a better match when you're a little older, she did say the older thing, like it, you might want to try that, but right. you, it's ways to be safe about it. And so I I appreciate her honesty because some parents could have taken that completely pulled the car over. What the hell are you talking about? A blowjob for? You know, black mothers, aunties, and grandmothers are the gatekeepers, unfortunately, of of a lot of this negative um, and not body or sex positive um, messaging that that black girls Mm -hmm. and women get. You know, the the whole thing about being fast. So I have, you know, I'm a big... uh, that's a quick way to get cussed out yeah. for me. If you call a little black girl face, because you cannot, first of all, you cannot expect a child or create a situation in a home environment with a, a young girl where she is providing care. She's running your house while you're out working, mm. right? She's doing all of the things that a grown ass woman would do at the same time at sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, she starts to undergo puberty. So her body is then telling her that she's an adult. Mm. The responsibilities placed upon her in her home is telling her that she's an adult, right? Then she starts to get attention of boys and men. And so she's naturally at a place where she wants to explore that. And she has sex and then you call her fast. But you created the environment Mm. In which she had adult responsibilities that will make her feel like, yeah. you know, hey, well, I'm doing all of this adult woman stuff. So I'm going to do adult going all the way. way. So <laughs> we've created this environment and then we turn around and try to demonize the girls. Meanwhile, your 18 year old son is sitting on the couch playing a game. But his 13 year old sister is washing clothes and co- mm. like these are the, this is the stuff we create. So it's it's not. Fast isn't the thing. We put them in positions that make them think along with the natural occur what happens naturally in your and body when you go through puberty. Then of course I yeah, I think I'm supposed to fuck now at fifteen. Yeah. You and that's that, that whole notion, you know, they say, you know, women 
coddle their sons and Absolutely. raise their daughters. Exactly. We we gatekeep a lot. We gatekeep a lot of stuff, and that's why, unfortunately, a lot of brothers go in all the way into adulthood without um, maturing. Like you, thirty, and or you, you know, whatever, and you still don't know how. You still can't handle basic life functions, functions and you shut down. You can't communicate. Wow. You're emotionally stifled, and that's. This that's been the big conversation this week. Again, when you guys are listening to this, it's a little few weeks older, but I'm sure this fuck shit's still gonna be happening. <laughs> but it's the whole notion of you know women are to coddle their men essentially and it'll give them the space to grow up and finally catch up to where they are. Right. And it was the whole clip going around with that fucking Reverend um, John Gray, I think, and he's saying that shit like <laughs> pretty much calling his wife a fucking North Face and saying like he had to grow into her. Like what kind of, what kind of shit is that? And I'm, I was just so not surprised, but I, I was surprised. I was really taken aback. Cause as soon as I watched the clip and he's saying my wife bared more pain birthing me than my two children. Pause. <laughs> like how as a grown ass man, can you say that and say that with some level of like, Because when you believe that woman was created for the purpose of serving you, then that is easy to say. Now, here's here's where where I I take issue. I take issue in several places. One, where's ever the space for black women to mature? We never get it. We never get the chance to heal, to explore, to stretch. I can't grow into shit. I'm expected to come to things as a complete whole human. In the same way that Tamir Rice didn't get any more than three seconds. Yeah. In the same way that young um, black, young children, and this is true, black boys and girls, we are often seen as older than we what we are. Right. So, so I'm not, I'm not trying to discard that at all. But when we get to adult age, there doesn't seem to be space. For black women to, like you said, to experiment, to grow, to change, to da da to da da da, right? Mm-hmm. To do to do all of these things in the wider society. Now there are groups, I, like you know, there are segments of the population. I grew up with a mother who was um, Pan African before the shit was cool. Natural hair, no pork, the whole shit, right? <laughs> Kente cloth and Kwanzaa and the whole nine yards. So I grew up seeing women come together in space and work on each other self and each other mm-hmm. right but that isn't the the wider narrative in the in the black community it's it's getting it's becoming more prevalent now you got you know the red table talking mm-hmm. this that and all this other stuff fine. fine however those are spaces for women to to um work together and those are things that we need to be bringing forward more but at the same time Black men need those same spaces yes. amongst themselves where they can work on the issues specific to black manhood and black masculinity yes. separate from and apart from black women, right? Because lead your own, you know, I just posted something um, today that said, hey, brothers, lead, why don't you be your brother's covering? Mm-hmm. Because my sister's sheets are in tatters. And that's real. Yeah. Like black women are physically, mentally, emotionally spiritually in tatters providing cover for black men to mature then when then oftentimes not all the time is a blessing that in this case he mature and they're still their their marriage is still intact and maybe she does now have space to mature and and work on her stuff but that wasn't said i hope that's the case but we need a break yes we need a break and those brothers who are in a good space or in a working space, work with, go get your brothers and you, you be there covering. Because the thing that they'll say is, you don't understand what it's like to be a black man. You right. I now, don't. Why don't go <laughs> black men go over there together and figure that shit out while black women work on our shit. And we got a laundry list of fucking issues. Right. And then we can have some spaces where we are together. So like a safe space. Sa- a safe yes. space so that we can work together and resolve the issues but but first you got y'all y'all need to go deal with y'all shit and we need to go over here and get out you know yeah. need the thread and put these sheets back together because you can't do but so much of you completely broken and so when you said those two things two thoughts my first thought was 
there are starting to be spaces of development for black women to explore healing, start thinking about healing or thinking about healing in different ways beyond prayer and church, mm-hmm. because that has always been pray to God about it. You're going to fix your ways. Right. <laughs> but I do feel like I've always been one, like I hate the word self care what it's become mm-hmm. because I also feel like some of these wellness spaces and some of these uh, black wellness advocates are following behind mm-hmm. what they've seen white women have been able to do with like Gwyneth Paltrow and goop and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some people are just mimicking what they see. Like, oh, it's an avenue here because it's not being done for black women. So I can be the first and capture the coins. Cool. But I do feel like I wish there were more spaces where it was about authentic connection and more about finding your voice and not, this is the cool thing right now. And I'm going to just gear it towards black women. So I think it exists in, in, in this way. But this is, this is where it can get, this is where it gets hairy. Black people or African descended people have always had spaces in traditional or in the indigenous society for just that womanhood training and manhood training. You find a find a, a African ethnic group and you will find a women's society and a men's society. Um, sometimes they are completely separate. Mm. Sometimes they are kind of separate and, and work intersectionally. But the the mechanisms are there okay all of the i guess all of the protocols all of that stuff is there we have to reconnect with it and it is you know in some ways going to be um different than you know churching it's going to be different Mm -hmm. and so that that is going to that causes a little bit of rub because a lot of us are not quite ready to um, move away from Christianity um, or decolonize it and, you know, strip away all of the elements of the European occupation of Christianity. We just not ready. You know, a lot of people are just not ready to do that for those that are, there are definitely spaces, you know, queen of fools, sacred woman is a space where um, sisters can go and really get into the deep. Uh, that's not for like, I would say that's not for play. That's like, okay. you're ready to go and do the deep internal work and the deep, um, you know, knowledge or you know start to work on acquiring that that um ancient um comedic knowledge then that's somewhere to go um but there are other places I'm, i belong to a, a women's society called sanko for emma and it is self and sisterhood development um from from an african um context and it's it's not just africa as in the continent um but also our practices um diasporically because even if you look at the black church, women in the black church used to kind of really do that, you know, uh, prayer in action. So, mm-hmm. yeah, people came together and prayed, but also sisters would come to your house if you were sick and and take care, you know, take care of you and try to get you to, you know, try to get you together. Um, but I think we have moved way in, into this, you know, just we going to pray about shit and you ain't going to go to the doctor. We're going to pray about shit and you'll keep letting them come in the house and bust you upside the head. Yeah, but, but all of that is happening because if you look at the context and I hate to keep beating up on Christianity, but the reality of it is that's where the seat of it is in this context. Women are not the divine feminine is not acknowledged, elevated or exalted except where it is secondary mm. to men. In that con, in that in that context, so that's why he can feel comfortable saying, "Hey, my wife, you know, suffered," because so was, that I can become a. So I can and that was the thing I was waiting for. I was waiting for some other pastor, someone to speak up and say, "No." And I was, I didn't want it to be a black woman. I didn't want a, a female pastor to speak up and be like, "Brother John," nah. <laughs> but I was waiting for someone i don't know who i'm i'm not uh, i don't go to church i grew up baptist so i yeah just yeah i'm just not not my thing no more but um i believe in god the universe all that stuff but i was just waiting for someone to be like nah 
But then listening to what you're saying and then listening to what I know, what I've seen when I grew up in the church, like you said, it does make sense why one would believe that. And there that. are there are definitely, um, at least on in my circle, I'm definitely seeing more black men exalt black women as um divine and as complete and as whole and not as an auxiliary to mm-hmm. to um to men. It's just gonna take I mean, it's, it's patriarchy. Gonna, it's yeah. patriarchy. <laughs> so it's gonna take. It's gonna take a while. And and as we start to decolonize our mind and step away from the myths of white supremacy and everything that they got is 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 wetter, then some of that will. Um, some of that will naturally kind of go away, and some of it we really gonna have to work to strip, like to strip away, because the idea is that the primary human is made that the first human was male mm-hmm. and everything else that he that came from has, him. Has, came from him and has dominion over everything. But I would say to that, well then men should be checking men. Men should be um the first person's accountable to and for and I other ask men. guys that all the time. Like I remember asking one of my friends, like, you know, and this is an example, so I don't want anyone listening to this who knows me personally is trying to pin this on somebody like who's she talking about (laughs) but like i asked my friend one time like what if your homeboy was out here in these streets cheating and you knew my business you know yeah like and and you knew this like would you call him on the carpet about it or would you just be like like you said that ain't my business i'm gonna stay out of it because then i'm like what if somebody like that behavior then becomes passes on you like birds of a feather type shit. Like, well, if he gonna allow it, would you expect the same in return that you dip out? Then he like, you just don't say nothing to me because I'll let you do whatever. And the person I was talking to was like, you know what? I actually have called, you know, my friend out on something like that. And he was like, you know, we're not friends anymore. Because he was like, he said, I let the first one slide. Like, well, everybody's people fuck up. People, and that's true. And he was like, but when I saw it become a pattern, it made me question, like, this is who you are. And I can't rock with somebody who's going to do this to his wife and children. And that's the, that's the thing. We're not talking about throwing every brother away. We're not, or every sister away for a one time thing. We, but we are, but we do have to address the patterns. We have to address the patterns of, you know, women, black women specifically accepting, you know, whatever kind of treatment, whether it's sexual or, or, or otherwise. Yeah. And I think too, part of it goes to you having onus over yourself and your own behavior, because each of us has, I won't say everybody, but some of us have experienced situations. Some of us have experienced traumas mm-hmm. that have shaped how you see the world, how you interact with people. And I know for myself, um, I think this is the first, like, I just recently got back into therapy, but this is the first time I've actually gone to, like, deal with me. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's been like, oh, I lost my grandmother. It's grief. Right. Oh, this happened. I want to deal with this. But this is the first time I'm like, you know what? Oh. Let's unpack all this shit. <laughs> Let's unpack it all. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that she's been, like, pulling, and I, I appreciate my therapist because she's, she'll lay it out, but she makes me do the work in connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck and so then in turn i've noticed in my relationship with my person things that would have i've been like fuck you i'm out or i'm cuss, not cussing you. i'm not i don't like to argue but i would have told you about yourself and, and then been out <laughs> that i'm able to be like woo okay that's me because you're not even intending to hurt me that way but you don't trigger you recognize your triggers. yeah you don't trigger something deep in me Mm-hmm. And I feel like so many people don't know those things that set them off that you really need to know that shit because that will help you in your healing and it will help you build you the with connections with how you deal with other people. Mm-hmm. And going back to that whole what started us all off is like we walking around here ticking fucking time bombs. You're saying something to me like you're like this bitch is crazy because now I'm wilding out on you and that was never even your intent. Right. Yeah. And I think that the triggers like for me everyone knows these Kermit memes, oh. like, the Kermit memes give me life, but I can, but I completely know why. Like I'm attached to Kermit and attached to those memes. I, and I use them 
even now, like, oh, somebody, let me let me get my Kermit, <laughs> my drunk Kermit meme because I'm about to go there. You don't have to react. You can get to a point mm-hmm. in your self work worth where you can see the trigger coming. You or you can feel it and experience it and not react to it or not react negatively to it, mm-hmm. and or you can say to the person, "Yo, that's that triggered me." Yes, like that. I know this isn't exactly about you. Maybe this isn't what you intended, but this is how it made me feel. And it is tied to this thing that I'm working on, you know, like, and that piece. But a lot of it is in the context of sex is <laughs> we we feel like we ain't supposed to be having it because that's what it's we've been still taught. that. Like, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we were taught to have to have sex. Or to choose men to have sex with in part for what they could provide. So this mm. way it gets real ugly. So I, I had posted like we we were taught to have sex for provision, not for pleasure. Mm. So that's problematic. Like the whole oh, he'll the be a whole, good father. Yeah, he'll be a good father. He'll be a good provider. He has such status in the community. So I don't I don't have to yeah. achieve pleasure because he's providing. No, you and and you mean this shit. Yeah, because yes, he's a good provider, but he getting on top of you doing his business like the color purple, not even seeing you as as a human being, mm -hmm. not, I mean, sex is a connect. It is a form of connection. It is a form of communication. So you're not communicating with your, you're not communicating with your level one. At at all. um, With your partner because you're not engaged in it. You just there. Cause you want to have, cause you want to have, (laughs) you want to have a nice house. Well, I'm pretty sure you can have good sex and a nice like these things can these coexist. Are th- these things can coexist and we don't think they we don't think they can because we don't think we still think sex is dirty. We still think our vagina is dirty. We still think you gotta douche. I mean, people still say shit, you gotta douche every month. You still like these are basic things that I you know thought that we had but Girl, we haven't gotten past When you it. said the douche, I saw somebody it was so reckless going around. It was on Instagram posting this post. No, she was talking about some mixture she make with Castile soap that she inserts in her vagina. Why well, can't? Okay. Ma'am. I can't. <laughs> and it has thousands of likes and comments where people are like, oh, I'm going to try this. Pussy supposed to smell like bath and body works. No, it's supposed to smell like pussy. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's, it's simple. I mean, <laughs> But again, but when you're conditioned, it's why it's a two billion dollar market for that kind of shit because they need you to buy these wipes and sprays and douches and shit. No, just it's a self cleaning. Now that doesn't mean if you if you have an infection, go to the doctor. you got some yeast or some other shit. Yes, go to the doctor. You might have to put something up in there. But on a on a, on a daily, daily basis, basis you no. don't need to be doing that to clean. You don't need. And guess what? Guess what? I, guess what I found out. Men don't even. <laughs> The men you want, the men that actually are going to be concerned about engaging you and your body and pleasuring you, like the natural smell of pussy. And there you go. I, that, <laughs> that's been my that's my, my experience. They don't that cucumber melon shit. <laughs> Not the cucumber that's, melon. That's, that's you. That's you. You can just say you get self conscious about it. That's you. you. Think, that's not. Which is why I just go get you some honey pot, girl. Yeah, get you some. Get you some honey pot. Yeah, wash it on, <laughs> wash it on up, and but you can wash it on up all you want. It's gonna be what it's gonna be. It's still gonna be what it's gonna be. Or the one we heard somebody say, "How <laughs> did it say?" Well, um, I don't kiss him. This is shit. Oh, you I don't, don't kiss, kiss him after, he, after he eat my. Put- it's you but it's yours. It's yours. Yeah, what what message you sending? What? Come here. It's in your beard. <laughs> but like. <laughs> Cause, cause, like it's gonna make you a lesbian. I don't understand. It's yours. So the whole, the whole that we have all of these negative and false narratives about our body and about our sexuality that are keeping us from living our best life, achieving any kind of, any kind of modicum of pleasure, but also bonding. Mm. Like, yeah. I mean, everybody you had sex with don't. So this is probably going to be controversial. Uh-oh. Everybody you have sex with don't necessarily mean you need to be in a relationship with them. Facts. Sometimes you... So there are... 
definitely men that I have had sex with, had sexual intimacy with, that a relationship is never, never a thing. But there is a bond and a communication that was appropriate for that time and appropriate for our now friendship. Mm. There are also men that I never, that I have intimacy with, that I've never slept with. Mm. And it is appropriate for our bond and the nature of that relationship. And so we we got all these ideas about, well, if you have sex with him, you got, no. You don't. No, maybe, maybe his job at that moment is to, to provide you sexual pleasure. And the thing is, too, I think I had to, and I'm still unlearning some of that because... Even I think about how long I held on to my virginity was all of that ingrained in there. And then even beyond that, I even in my early 20s, me not wanting to have sex with more people in a certain way. Like, oh, I'm not going to have vaginal sex, but I'll do other things with you because I want to get a husband. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to marry. And, and I was still thinking that way in my early 20s. And so... It's it's taken me a while to and be why like is, why is virginity even so why is that why is virginity up? even I, valuable in girls? So this is as a mother of sons. I'm like so my so my son's virginity, his chest their their chastity isn't valuable. Mm. And this is why we had black men run around with 17 children by five different women because we've never taught our sons that I've their sexuality that, that yeah. their sexuality is valuable, that their chastity is important. So they but but again, that goes back to the period of enslavement and studying and and black men receiving the narrative that they are supposed to spread their seed on top of this dominant culture's idea that men you know boys will be boys Mm -hmm. and men can spread their seed then you have the masters using black men as stud and so that becomes a behavior that that carries see i'm gonna take us on another route and i'm not gonna go there but it goes to you see that narrative and what you're saying when people were upset when you saw black men upset with cosby's prosecution and them saying well look at harvey weinstein well it's like yes Rape is wrong. Right. Harvey Weinstein should go to jail too. That should be the narrative. It should not be why y'all prosecuting the bill. It should be when y'all going to drop that hammer on mm. Harvey Weinstein, right. which his trial should be coming soon. So we'll find out if he's but going to jail. that's because too many black men want to imitate the, white. the masculinity of white men. Yeah. I question why, why would you want to imitate the masculinity that resulted in the enslavement of your people? The colonization of your homeland, the absolute de- absolute destruction of African civilization in in many ways, mm-hmm. or, and maybe not destruction, but the the stymieing of the development of African civilization in many ways. Why would you want to imitate that? Why would you want to imitate that? And I have the question. This idea, but it goes back to consent. (laughs) When you have people, and I have heard people say, never deny your husband. So you mean if I'm sick, Mm -hmm. if I'm bleeding, if he just cheated, he beat me up. If he just beat me up, (laughs) if we getting evicted, if the lights are off, if my children are sick, if I if I just don't fucking feel like it, I'm never to that. I'm never to deny him. That means I can't have... That means I have no no personal agency. agency. You have no agency. Why would you want to imitate that? Why is that the dynamic that you would want to have between your... You and your partner. You You and your... Why is it... That doesn't doesn't work. But that's because we're still imitating that. We're still imitating that mindset. Like... Mm. Yeah, we, we should... We should be... Putting out all predators out of our community. Bill Cosby. And, and look. Start with your I, Thanksgiving family table. Oh y'all gonna God. listen after Thanksgiving. But, but y'all sit up there. Everybody always talk about. Oh that's. Don't, don't leave them kids with so and so. Cause you know. But why are they at your house? <laughs> Get the fuck out. We gotta start cleaning. Clean in house first. Why would we want Bill Cosby? So, Sorry. I love, I love Sorry Dr. Huxtable. <laughs> I, I love Cosby show. And that's all good. And we can keep. We can. We can. Keep those for their cultural um, importance. However, Bill Cosby, the human being, let's say let's say half of the let's, let's say, say even if half of a lot. Let's lion. say half of my line. He's right? still let's thirty say, women. 
You still rate 30 money. <laughs> so why would you want to have sex with somebody that was unable to say no? That was out, not in their right mind. Why do we want them in the village? I, we don't want any predators in the village. We yeah. have to call all the predators out of the village. That is what we should be doing. Not imitating. Not saying the, like, not oh, imitating. well, look, they let him go. What? <laughs> but we don't want we don't want Harvey Weinstein around here. We don't want none of that no. behavior around here. But but we still are clinging to. Some of us just want to. <laughs> I'm sorry. Some of us just want to be in the table. They just want to be sitting at the table with white folks and just want so we we'll imitate all of that you know that power structure and we're never gonna and why would you I mean, why would you want but power achieved by being a fucking predator why would you want that yeah. that's the legacy you want i'm good no i don't i don't want nothing to do that yeah instead of having instead of creating a narrative in a space where black women are like yo these brothers are all the way into me or us as human beings and finding what pleasures us and then we are able to fully reciprocate. Yeah. That's the end of the game. That's the do you, you want to talk about black people fuck all this other stuff and us coming up? That's the end of the game. When we can find space to create ecstasy for each other. Game over. All this other shit all every bit of it will fall because i was even having point. this conversation before we as we wrap up listening to you say that it, it brings me back to the thought of when the practice of desegregation and integration actually hurt us way more than it helped us to some <laughs> Because I was telling someone, I was like, when you think about it, and this especially was like after um, something for work, I went to Montgomery, Alabama, and I was talking to people, the actual organizers of the Montgomery bus boycott, and to listen to how much thought they put into something that they thought was only going to last a week, and talking to Mr. Fred and all of these women who were integral and in making it happen, they were like, it was only going to go a day, a week max. And they pulled it off for 366 days. And I was like, they were only able to do that because there were black funeral homes and they were black florists and they were black doctors. And it was, we had our own. Mm -hmm. It's no way stuff like that can be done to that scale. And that like you think in our mind, we should be able to do something like that. We have way more technology resources, monies than any of our ancestors. There's a power have. of being co-located with your people. So that's, that's a piece of yeah, it. And that's what you said. Like they were all lived in the same neighborhood. So everything was together. It was easier for them to do carpooling and say, okay, you know, Miss um, Miss uh, Boone, you got your funeral home. We gonna need them hearses on the days you don't have funerals because you gonna pick up the nurses here and take them to this neighborhood because they all live there. Mm -hmm. And so when we started chasing that American dream and moving to the suburbs that weren't meant for us and abandon and abandoning the cities, we and then we integrated. We dissolved those black communities. And so when I was just listening to that, like, fuck, it, it, like. <laughs> I get why you want it to be like, yes, we're equal, but there was some benefit to desegregation because we had our own infrastructure. So, yeah, I think the biggest piece is it's we, what we took too far was there's one thing to fight to remove the legal barriers to mm -hmm. access to um, all of the things that come when you are a taxpayer. Yes. Right? Yes. So that's what we should have been. Public accommodations, absolutely. We should be able to use uh, the same we bus use, terminals. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, we should be able to vote for who the hell we want. Yes. So we can put our proper representation. We should, any kind of regulation, policy, or practice that is discriminatory, discriminatory is problematic. Yes. Where we, where we part company and where I think the failure of the civil rights movement was, is there was then... No, what we did all of that, and a lot of us just thought white people's water were wetter. They thought that their cultural paradigms were better. So as soon as we could, we wanted to run over there with mm -hmm. them instead of taking the next step, which would have been to say to deal with the self-esteem issues and all of the things that the previous 300 years had mm -hmm. done to damage the humanity of black people, but do so together so that. 
we wouldn't be in a place. Now, granted, all of these sexual issues, agency, consent issues, um, toxic patriarchy issues, a lot of these issues, all they all existed in 1965. Yes. If they didn't, then Rosa Parks would have spoken for herself at the church that night. They made a decision mm-hmm. in the back, the men, that this woman who had been a field organizer was going to do it, who had been out there investigating the rapes of black women by, by white men could not speak in front of that mm-hmm. King was going to do it. And say. so all of these issues have been the same. We fail to take things to the next level in healing those issues mm-hmm. and dealing with the trauma of, you know, the, the dehumanization, the hypersexualization and all that. We just scattered ourselves all around trying to integrate and assimilate. And so now we're 50 years out and, we have more issues of agency. We don't see our we don't we don't see ourselves and our brothers. Our brothers don't see ourselves and we have more issues um of sexual issues with sexuality because now we got the internet, now we have technology, mm-hmm. now we have all these other things. We've assimilated to a, the nth degree. <laughs> so we're not we're not in communication with each other on the mm-hmm. same um the same level to even fight the outside battle. So we're just basically out here. Again, be taking tie bombs. Black men taking tie bombs because they don't feel. You listen to brothers; they say we don't feel supported. We feel like y'all only want us for money. We feel like we, you know, we can't be vulnerable. I, I mean, I hear all. Yeah. Trust me, I hear all of that shit, and I hear some. I hear some stories of sexual dysfunction and sexual abuse from black men that would fucking turn your stomach. The same as from sisters. None of that shit is being. None of that shit is being addressed. And so we supposed, but we, but we out here producing, we out here with the fake face on, we out here. Look at me. I'm like, I wish I could see my face. (laughs) All of this stuff. It's true. And the basic, the basic thing in human nature, sex is a basic human need. Some people need it more. Some people need it less. Right. But let this basic human need, like a hug, like touch, just like some touch. Yes. Is not being met. But we think that we about to build Wakanda. No, the fuck we not. <laughs> Ain't gonna can't be no Wakanda until Wakanda we address forever. it. Wakanda, Wakanda will not happen if we cannot address this basic. This is a basic thing that we have to address, and it really starts with each of us and ourselves. Hey, brothers, yeah, you y'all should be masturbating too. Shit, everybody, everybody touch yourself. Everybody. everybody. <laughs> Stop telling these kids it's nasty. Just tell them to go in their room. That they have to be by themselves in private and let them it. touch themselves too. Yes. Shit. Oh, I have stories about that from the young ladies that I mentor. Oh, but <laughs> that is the perfect time <laughs> to wrap this up. Wrap and up. now we're going to go into uh, the part of the podcast called The Breakdown. All so right. I'm going to say one word. Oh, shit. And you're going to say the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, this could be scary. <laughs> Community. Us. Patriarchy. Fuck it. Sex. Enjoy it. Thought. Reclaim it. (laughs) Sage. Clean it. Intimacy. Find it. Self-care. Damn, it's just one word. Or you can say a phrase if you need to. So, so. Don't fake it. Don't fake it. And last one, black people. Humanity. Mm, I like it. So, Nika, you have to tell everyone where they can find you on the interwebs. Oh, if, you, inter- if you want them to find you on the interwebs or how they could get in contact with you in the future. Got you. So, I'm definitely on Facebook. So, you can friend me, Nika Namdi, N-N-E-K-A-N-N-A-M-D-I. Um, if you just have a question or something, inbox me or, you know, you can email me at, what is my email address? K-I-Y-A-N-N-A-M-D-I at yahoo.com. I'm not fancy. I ain't doing no Instagram and shit like that. I can't. I can't. I can't get my intimacy needs met if I'm, if, if I'm on all these fucking social medias. I, I, no, it's all about scaling back because I keep saying... Um, 
Now the iPhone tell you your, your, your screen time. I'll yeah. be like, this is some bullshit. I'm to figure out. I can't find it. Um, oh, study. I'll show you how okay, you well, set it up. Well, well. It's over. So I will link uh, Nika's Facebook page and I'll put her email in the show notes Sweet. if you would like to reach out to her. And so thank you so much for coming on and helping me fulfill my promise I made at the live show. <laughs> yes. So You're thanks, welcome. Thanks again. Bye. Thanks again, Tanika, for coming on the podcast. You know, I really enjoyed the conversation. She always shoots straight from the hip. No chaser. It's never any bullshit. Okay. So I do recommend you follow her on Facebook. She does a lot of uh, great community work and posts some amazing things on Facebook, especially her thought tales. (laughs) All right. And uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to listen and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or any app that you listen to your favorites on. Don't forget to leave a review too. You might just hear a review on the next episode. Follow us on social media. Share the episode with those you love, those you don't love, those you fucking hate. I don't make those pretty images and audiograms for nothing, okay? Have a dope ass week. Remember, you can use the code 2TWO over at thebooniebreakdown.com backslash shop to save 20% on your merch. Thank you for listening. And remember, the ratchet in me always honors the ratchet in you. Homaste. Until next time.